Hello, this is Alexander Siddig, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod, and don't tune out. Neil Before Blog presents... Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to another time-travelling interstellar edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host Craig McKenzie and I'm here to bring you back into the DC multiverse to discuss the new Superman prequel, Krypton. So joining me from the farthest reaches of the galaxy on a planet that's not quite dead yet is Chris. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this planet that's very much alive. Oh, it looks it looks thriving. Thriving indeed. Yeah. So... We're here to talk about Krypton, a new series that's debuted on sci-fi, uh, and it started. Uh, it's another Superman prequel, um, with the, the last one that I can think of being Smallville, so this one goes a bit further back, there's no Clark Kent, uh, it's to deal with his grandfather Segel and his stuff that he does, he does some stuff, which is the best description I've got of the pilot episode. He does stuff. Uh, and, and stuff, stuff and things and bits. Yeah. So, pre-spoiler, uh, what are your thoughts on the pilot episode of Krypton? It's uh, it looks interesting, actually. I wasn't sure when I first heard about it. Going, oh, the story of Krypton before the fall kind of thing. I thought uh, that doesn't sound like my cup of tea. But do you know what? It seems like it might be all right. Um, I'm I'm going to kind of reserve judgment. I think. Um, I've got to admit to I've not read a lot of the DC comics so I don't know a lot of the backstory, only the bits and pieces that I've picked up off of the TV and the films Yeah, that's fair enough Uh, the TV show shouldn't be designed for anoraks of the comic books anyway um, because it has to work on its own steam Um, otherwise it's pointless you know Here's a TV show you need to do homework for. <laughs> but so many you need to now, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Or to get the full enjoyment, to get the full references, you've got you to sort of hunt about, you know? Shouldn't ever have to. Uh, this is loosely based on a particular run of comics, though. Um, kind of. Uh, although I can't remember off the ha- offhand what the particular run is. But I will find out for the show notes and put that in. It wasn't part of my research before doing this podcast because, you know, I'm an idiot. Fine. But um, I thought it was a promising pilot. There are some elements of it I think are unnecessary. Uh, although it did some really good stuff in there that, that kept me wanting to see a bit more of it. Visuals were absolutely stunning. Krypton looks great. Uh, CGI is better than it is in, well, in Justice League, for example. And it's on a much smaller budget, one would imagine. But it it vaguely has a bit of the Man of Steel aesthetic for Krypton. Although it does look different as well. I mean, nobody's flying around on dragons, for instance. Uh, but yeah, good start. It's an intriguing premise. I don't know how much of a shelf life it has as a TV show, but we'll see. Indeed we shall. Yeah. So, are you ready to go into the spoiler zone? Oh, yes. Good. Okay. This looks like a job for Superman. 
so the episode opens by setting up the kind of, I suppose, the arc for for Segel throughout the series. Um, it starts off with his family being disgraced, which is a bit of a departure from what you know. If you watch Supergirl or even the original Superman movies, well, I say the original, the the Christopher Reeve Superman Superman movies, um, or Man of Steel. You know, you see that the the House of L, his family on Krypton, were kind of a big deal. You know, almost royalty, certainly well respected within the society. But this is them getting kind of stripped of their societal uh, influence because because they think his grandfather Val L is mental. You know, for with for having <laughs> radical ideas, and he um, he's made to walk the ironing board. Yeah, when you can't quite afford a plank, uh, <laughs> you, you get the ironing board of doom. Yeah. And I like that setup because obviously, if he was like a prince or whatever, or the Kryptonian equivalent of a prince, then his character doesn't really have anywhere to go. And then he's just an entitled rich boy, you know, cutting about being like, oh, life sucks. You know? Um, so the, the fact that he comes from disgrace and has to build up his family's name all by himself, really. Uh, since his family, since his parents are killed, because this is a superhero show ish, and parents can't survive the origin story, it's like a rule. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're in, um, I don't know, unless you're in the CW verse where parental relationships are very important. But yes, yeah, so Segel loses his family in this episode and makes commitment to being an L, which is important to him, and it should be important to us because it's important to Superman later. So. I like that setup. I think it's a good start. You know this this whole uh, returning to grace sort of arc. I like it. I do. I mean, the thing is, it's the it's the fact that you know that the family is going to be back on top eventually and respected and pretty mighty within the Kryptonian elite. But it's how do they get back there, or at least we presume that. I suppose uh, you know you never know. Maybe maybe it'll all fail and Superman really will be erased from existence. Yeah, that that's going to happen. I, I, th- I think so. It's a yeah. plot twist. A and, massive Gotham, plot twist. And, and Gotham will end with Bruce Wayne being murdered, uh, so there'll be no Batman. Yeah, will just be hit by a car. <laughs> First night out of the cape, hit by. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the obviously that was a choice they made for the the show because it needs to, you need to give the character somewhere to go. Uh, I like the introduction you get to him. He's in a bar room brawl. Uh, trying to earn money, you know, and and you've got that kind of. There's this class system on Krypton, which is a you know it's an easy go to because it's it's an easy comparison to problems we have on our own planet today. So everyone's like, yeah, they're okay, they're at the bottom of the rung. We you know we can relate to that, and the people above them don't care about the people at the bottom. You know, it's that it's that usual thing you see it in pretty much everything where there's a you know where there's a class system you know that's the the one percenters versus the not one percenters the haves versus the have-nots and that's very much at play here with a government that's also corrupt or seems to be corrupt Mm. i mean it's very similar to another program that i watched recently in which there was a city underneath a massive shield that had a class system where some people lived in a big castle up top and the other people lived really down below I can't remember the name of it. It was uh, it was based on a Marvel thing, a Marvel series. Mm. Can't yeah. think of it though. I think it's escaped from my head. Yeah, um, it's been erased from my memory. Yeah. So this, could, so what you're saying is this could be the good thing, 
the good version of that horrible. It could news. potentially be the good version of that horrible thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's different. I mean, I, I'm like you. I, I I really like the fact that they've kind of given the character somewhere to go. And I suppose the fact that you know the destination doesn't really spoil it that much for you. Um, as much as, you know, I'm sure we'll get onto the elements of time travel later on, but the fact that time travel's involved is sort of them trying to fret the fact that, oh, well, things can change that you know from canon. But yeah. you kind of suspect, like you know, like you've said, it's like they're not going to manage to dispatch anything majorly. But that, this is why they can introduce all these background characters that do have a fret against them. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know what the canon is either. You just know that Superman exists at some point. Yeah. Um, you don't know what the standing of his family is and stuff. I mean, you suspect that the House of L will become prominent once again. And But the, the thing is, it's it's unclear how that's going to happen because Segel's on his own. You know, I mean, he has people around him. He has friends. He has... Um, well, a girlfriend, and and he has a bit of respect because he manages to save the council from being blunt bits. So he has that kind of a little bit of clout, although he's still seen as inferior, and it'll take a long time to get away from that. And it's clear that he's going to be the cause of some kind of shift in Kryptonian society, or at least he's going to try to be. Mm-hmm. But we don't know... Um, we don't know how that happens or what, how he goes about it. We don't even know much about him from this episode because things happen to him rather than caused by him. Yeah, I mean, we sort of get the impression that he's had to make a lot of tough decisions in how to be brung up or how to how to earn money for the family because they seem to be really struggling on the, yeah. the wage that his father gets and the, the, the mother. So... You assume he's had to take a lot of tough decisions in his life, but you don't really see that. And the continuation of the family name, I mean, at the moment, like you say, is uh, he's the only one that now bears that name, and yeah. even he's supposed to be changing it when he gets uh, bonded or married or whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, the, the kind of bonding where they have a yeah. child, yeah, which we'll definitely come on to. But um, one thing I definitely noticed was one surefire way to make a bar look alien is to put salt lamps that you can buy on Amazon for like 12 quid <laughs> on all the tables. We present you the alien bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even notice that because I was like, are those those salt lamps? Yeah, they are. Like, it's not alien at all. You could probably buy it in Ikea, you know. <laughs> it's just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take note, alien bar designers. <laughs> Production designers were like, yeah, just chuck a few of these in. No one will notice. Yeah, no one will notice. It's, no, it's, it's like when lava lamps used to be everywhere for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So, it's all right. Nerds, they're pretty forgiving, aren't they? They, they don't scrutinise to any massive degree. No. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's interesting the, the way that the society is built as well, because they do, they do a lot of, or a little bit of work to establish how things work. So you've got the whole children aren't born it's the same in man of steel you know children aren't born the natural way they're kind of they're grown using the dna of their parents which is a a very aldous huxley ideal you know from brave new world as in um people are built effectively or engineered to do a certain thing in society so you need you need people to be plumbers you need people to be electricians you need people to be accountants you need whatever it's like there's all these jobs that need done so people have no determinism the, you know, when they're born, this is your job, this is your life, go for it. They have no choice. They they don't have any 
agency within their own lives. And we're seeing this from the perspective of people in Kryptonian society that they don't see life any differently. You know, they they don't consider anything else because it's clearly been bedded in for such a long time. Yeah, like Nyssa makes a joke about it. Nyssa, who is not the League of Assassins person from Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she makes a joke about, can you believe we used to carry babies in our wombs? And it's like, yeah, crazy. So, so what do they use them for now? But yeah, the whole, um, there's absolutely no romance to the, you know, the child creation process. They they stick their thumb on a machine that takes some blood. They don't even get to pick the name, you know. Yeah. They... <laughs> I like I like that. I was like, it's not even like, oh, we're going to name it this. It's like the computer goes, nope, he's going to be named this. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be named this. Uh, he'll he'll be a nice guy. Don't worry about that. We present and... you Zebedee L. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's um something? Yeah. Yeah, I forget the name. But yeah, so it's not even... So he'll have a child running around, I would presume, that kind of is his, but has nothing to do with the family name. Um, So you'll have this Nyssa character who's very kind of... Well, she's very kind of rebellious as well. She's... um, She mentions something about being the last of so many daughters, so her father doesn't pay that much attention to her. That's why he was willing to... Sticker with essentially Aladdin, you know. <laughs> Segel's the the street rat, the streetwise street rat, um, which is it's quite cool, you know. He's he's reasonable as a, as a protagonist, and the fact that she's a bit rebellious is makes her a bit more interesting. So there'll be some kind of animosity there, I guess, between her and her father that they can play around with in the coming episodes. Yeah, I mean. My my worry is the uh, obviously set up love triangle issues. Um, you know between uh, I'm going to say Jaina. Hopefully, I've got the character's name right. I don't think I have, but let's go with it. Uh, Jaina, Nissa, and Seg. You know, um, and uh, I hope it doesn't play out in an obvious way, but. You know, I, I think we're going to end up with elements of that in there eventually. I'd, I'd love for a, a bit of a surprise in that department, but yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's any genuine love between Nissa and uh, Seg. Uh, you know, it's like they've been put together. So has she got someone else as well? I mean, that would be a good play on the same thing. You know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes, but hopefully not in an obvious direction. Yeah, I think it's a Lita Zod you're thinking of. Lita, all right. Yeah, okay. there is a Jaina Zod. Oh, Jaina's the old, the older one, isn't it? It's Lita. All right, you're you're yeah. right. I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Zod. yeah. Maybe, maybe he has got a thing for the mum. Maybe he's playing well, both. Ah, who knows? Yeah. Oh, oh, great! I've got the two of them around <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Type my notes better. I don't think there will be a um, a love triangle as such because it seems like. As you say, there is no affection there between Nyssa and um, and Seg. You know, there, there's the kind of thing that she 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 quite likes him as a bit of a curiosity because he's nothing like what she normally gets, you know, put put around with or what she normally encounters. So there's that kind of curiosity of yeah, oh my, I can see the. Um, you know, it's it's good to see how the other half lives here and there. It's you know, it's kind of fun. It annoys my dad, which I quite like. You know, but I don't think there's any more than that from her. Um, maybe there will be as time goes on, but based on her appearance in this episode, I feel like there's not much 
there's not much in terms of feelings there. I think her feelings are more that she's trapped by her own, you know, her her own family trappings. Although again, that's the entitled rich kid doesn't like being rich, you know, type scenario. Mm. So hopefully it doesn't go that way either. But yeah, if there's love triangles, I'll be like, nah. <laughs> that's, that's an instant ban in Craig's department, is it? <laughs> yeah, I hate love triangles. Hate them. So on to Lita, or yeah, Lita Zod. Uh, I find her quite interesting because there is that kind of Romeo and Juliet vibe. You know, there are the two side. well, there are two families that are, well, one's disgraced and one is in a very security-driven position in Kryptonian society. You know, she gets her finger, she gets her hand stabbed right through by her own mother, which is brutal to say the least. Oh, who hasn't had their mum do that to <laughs> teach them a lesson? Yeah, well, it's like I won't go near the remote control ever again. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, you'd learn. You'd learn. <laughs> <laughs> there's. So there's the Romeo and Juliet vibe, and it seems like it's pretty much accepted because because um, Seg's mother uses that when she's kind of imprisoned by Jaina. You know, says, you know our children love each other, and that's why you're letting my son go and all that stuff. So there's um, there's that, you know, and it's that kind of accepted. Yeah, they're young, I suppose. They'll, they'll get over it sort of idea, but... Uh, I quite like the idea, and the idea that an L and a Zod are lovers. Like again, that plays with expectations a bit because you know how much, what kind of enemies that those families will become, in the in a couple of hundred years, I guess. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I like that they're kind of playing with future canon a little bit and getting people guessing about how how do things go wrong and is this the moment that everything pivots and goes the other way? You know. Yeah. So there, there was a point where the the L's and the Zods were in pretty good terms because, you know, because because the kids were were getting it on. Um, it's strange that they're not pulled up about that a bit more. Although maybe there's a reason for that. I guess um, that conflict will be a big part of the the season, and it seems like Jaina will be not quite a villain, but more of an obstacle uh, as time goes on. Yeah, I think you're right there. I don't think she's going to become a the solid villain. I've, I think she'll, no, she's going to be fr- be providing some sort of assistance. She present later, you know, or or she's potentially just going to be used and manipulated into letting people off. Yeah, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, it's kind of disappointing they removed the the parental dynamic quite early on because it seemed like there was some relationship there between. Uh, Seg's mother, uh, is it Charis L? I think that's it. Let's yeah. go with Charis. Yeah, um, there's a relationship there between her and, and Zod, but you don't see what that is, other than they kind of know each other, and then they're killed by the end of the episode, uh, because they they both admit to stealing the skimmer, which is apparently a an offence fun- punishable by death on Krypton. Brutal. <laughs> brutally punishing society yeah no it's 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 very um violent in the way that it deals with uh, transgressions but i suppose we're going to find out more about the the way the planet's working over the the next few episodes how it's maybe ended up that way yeah um because you get the impression that it wasn't always that way and that someone's going to have to lead a bit of a a revolution, and I'm imagining it's going to be Seg in amongst the whole thing. Yeah, well, it's all about the um, 
the Huxleyan society once again. I mean, Seg mentions in the opening narration that he's he's telling Kalel the story. I'm guessing it's some kind of hologram or something, but he's telling Kalel the story of a revolution on Krypton. So yeah, this is where it's going. Um, but the Huxleyan thing suggests that you know the a society doesn't change because it's built under a predetermined set of rules. So what you get is you get people that are essentially grown for a specific purpose, as I mentioned before, and then they they do nothing but do that purpose. So they don't think for themselves, they, they don't innovate. It's a culture that's completely stagnant. And it's interesting that in Man of Steel it was that stagnant culture that um, that caused the destruction of the planet because they were overmining the, the planet's core. and Because no one can think of anything else. You know, it's, well, this is going to kill us, but we can't think of anything else because no one else has any creative thought because, you know, because the genetics don't allow it. And that's kind of what's happening here. So the society's just continued to slide because no one thinks of a way to make it better. Definitely. I mean, you can imagine um, a society like that. And, I, I, you know, would, would, you, would you like to be born knowing... Oh, this is the job that you're going to do. This is how long you're going to live for. This is, you know, this is what jobs you'd be best at. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd like that sort of predetermined destiny. But depends um, on the job. Depends on the job. Yeah, I know, I know. It's not too bad if you're told you're going to be ruler of the world. Oh, great, brilliant. Okay, you're, you're going to be in a call center for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Congratulations, uh, you're working I'm, in IT support for the rest of your life. Uh, I'm a uh, yeah. I'm just going to commit. I'm just going to steal a car and get shot. Thanks. Yeah. He's, he's going to progress <laughs> to middle management, though. No, he stays at the ground level the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he gets passed over for promotion every year. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's maybe a brutal look at my own life. Be, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> uh, you should see who all his bosses are going to be. We've yeah. planned that too. Uh, it's uh, yeah. They're well, going to be on the fast track, though. <laughs> there's going to be a whole line of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe it's a brutal look at our own lives, but you see, you know. Well, uh, but yeah. it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I've, I find it quite an interesting premise um, that sort of everyone is so hedged in going, well, I know exactly what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I know exactly how long I've got to live. I know exactly, you know, I'm not going to rock the boat because... Otherwise, I I might not do what I'm supposed to do, or you know, it mightn't plan out the way I want it to. Yeah. You know? Although it seems that only the people at the bottom of society, uh, sorry, only it seems that only the people at upper part of society have that kind of those limitations placed on them. I, mean, I suppose there aren't limitations of putting good jobs and stuff, but then um, there are limitations. They're not limitations. I mean, you don't you don't see what the people at Seg's level um, are subject to. Although the thing is, when Seg was born, because you see him at his um, his grandfather's, I don't know, his grandfather's punishment, his, his trial, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so what happened was you had presumably Seg was born in the same way. So his parents put their thumb on the the magical palm reader. They were told, "This is your, this is going to be your son, Seg L. He's going to grow up to be this, and it'll all be good." Because they were a family in good standing at some point. So I'm guessing that now that they've been stripped of stripped of rank or whatever it was they called it, um, that's changed and now he has to forge his own destiny, which is, 
I guess, not common in Kryptonian society. And maybe it's something that Kryptonians as a species are afraid of. Could be, definitely, yeah. I, I, I think so. I have to think for myself? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I'll go to the machine. The machine will tell me what the decision is. Yeah, so obviously since they were stripped of um, everything that made them who they were, then everything changed. Their parents couldn't had to do stuff differently. They presumably lost their jobs. Uh, his dad works as a security guard or something like that. Or it wasn't quite a security guard, but he's in like the, the courtroom. Something to do with the court, yeah. yeah. I, I, I couldn't quite work out if it was like an admin type role or I don't think he was a security guard but no No, the security guard was different yeah he was doing something in the courtroom but it was clear it was like not a privileged position Um, and you don't get a sense of what his mother does no no I'm assuming she's working as well you'd think but but yeah I I don't know she managed to get a hold of a skimmer so yeah and then Seg gets his ass kicked for money because that works Mm. somehow Maybe she's a Kryptonian Uber. Maybe. It could work. Um, Kryptonian Uber. I don't even know what that would be called. Other other Kryptonian Uber suppliers are also yeah. available. Maybe it was Kryptonian Lyft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wonder if they will explore that. I, I'm sure they will at some point say, you know, Seg will say, you know, I was supposed to be this. And then my grandfather was disgraced and made to walk the ironing board and now I'm here. Yeah. Uh, although I'd have thought with the perfect time to mention that was when he was getting his when he was getting his DNA sample taken would be huh, I remember I was supposed to grow up to be whatever and now look at me you know but there's plenty of time to do that yeah you might get flashbacks I mean like you were saying there was a bit more of a family dynamic there that would be nice to explore and I'm imagining that we'll get a couple of sort of flashbacky things I don't know how detailed they'll be but you might still get to see a little bit of that family dynamic and you do know the Kryptonians are massive fans of the hologram yeah. And hollow messages, so yeah. let's let's just presume there's a few of those lined up somewhere as well. Okay, a flashback and a show that is in itself a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this disturbing trend we've got at the moment where we're getting origin stories for our origin stories? It's not enough that we need to see how Superman becomes Superman. We need to see how his grandfather got to the point where he was able to father Jor-El. You know, like, and then, then we'll have the Jor-El series. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so not even, it's not even Superman's dad's show. It's Superman's yeah. granddad's show. It's, yeah. uh, you know, we're giving ourselves room to breathe here. Uh, yeah. with, uh... <laughs> I'm looking forward to the 20 season uh, epic that is the uh, story of the spider that bites Peter Parker. <laughs> You see it from egg to bite. The last episode is when it bites Peter Parker. And, you know, every every now and again it'll come across a, a teenager that it might bite but doesn't. By the way, if that does make it to air, we claim production credits. <laughs> That's it. I want to be showrunner. I think yeah. I can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I get the impression there's a bit of a Game of Thrones influence here. I mean, I understand that show is about warring families and all that stuff, and it's it is very. There is that very, there is a bit of focus on that kind of idea. You've got these different, you know, powerful families in Kryptonian society that are at odds with each other for whatever reason. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're kind of right there. I think to an extent it will be a little bit uh, Games of Thrones-esque with different, different warring houses and a bit of manipulation and political wranglings to try and maybe seize power in a way or, or move their power ranking up just that little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you already get the impression that uh, Nissa's dad is a bit like that, sort of manoeuvring, and uh, she already says that, you know, he thinks that by... Uh, you know, um, pairing you with me will uh, sort of quell any sort of rebellion because look, he's managed to tame an L yeah. and get you know his 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 house his house in order kind of thing, get them trained, house trained. Yeah. So you you get the impression there's little bits of political uh, manipulation in the background, uh, and like I said earlier on, I'll be you know interested to see how how the the portraying this society and build it up but I don't think it'll have the the scale that you get in Game of Thrones, I mean I don't know uh, I'm not too sure what network it's on over in the States but uh, oh is it HBO as well Well, mm. oh right I thought you meant Game of Thrones, oh, oh, no, Game of Thrones this is yeah. on Sci-Fi yeah. Sci-Fi, so you know, I don't. I don't think there'll be quite as much uh, bloodshed as there is in uh, in Game of Thrones. But you know, I, I would. I would maybe like to see that actually. Some proper warring houses in Krypton, <laughs> plus the scale. I, I don't. I I don't quite understand the scale of Krypton yet. If you know what I mean, because we are seeing all the action at the moment in one city, and I'm presuming there's multiple cities and bubbles yeah, across yeah. the 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 planet. Yeah, and obviously you've got a very limited perspective because Segel's on the bottom end of that society. I really love the shot where he walks outside and he looks up, you know, because then you see the, the you know the bright sky and all that stuff. But down where he is, it's dingy and dark and you know not very pleasant to be in. So there's that kind of there is more out there, but we're not able to see it yet because of because of the factors that surround his life. Well, the the thing is, we live in a a city ourselves that is very similar to that. I mean, Edinburgh is, you know, they they basically built on top of the poor. Yeah. Uh, if you go down the likes of the Cowgate and everything and you look up, you can see the high society on the top and down below is where everyone used to live. Yeah. You know, it's dark and dingy and, you know, the water's dribbling down from up above. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a common thing in a lot of cities, really. Yeah. Uh, I guess you would have that in Game of Thrones as well. I don't know, I don't watch it. So there's... But I like the hint that there's a bigger world to explore out there. Because one thing it does really well is it, does, it doesn't It does feel like it's just a backdrop for Segel to cut about in. There is stuff there. And there's some there's stuff to, that you won't see right away. Because it has to get to the point where he experiences it. I mean, he has to get to the point where he's eager to start a revolution. So starting a revolution will take him all over the place, I would imagine. Yeah, and I, th- I think you might have supporters in other corners that we've not quite seen yet, and that's where the Game of Thrones-style epicness might come in. You know, if other cities are ruled by different houses that maybe have their eyes on the capital or their eyes on the prize kind of thing, then that's yeah. that's where you can start getting into the proper um, Games of Thrones-style warfare. Not quite as raunchy, of course. Not quite, you know. No. Not quite. They no. might try, but not quite. Well, you you saw the level of raunch that you get, I guess, in, in this episode. Which, you know, pretty tame. But uh, one of the reasons I don't watch Game of Thrones is because I can't be arsed with all that stuff anyway. So um, I'd rather just, yeah, 
you're, you're just, very you're very much for the the thimble machine for birth, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> but it's just cleaner, you know. <laughs> There's less asshole. Okay? I, don't, I don't have to sit through minutes of gratuitous lovemaking. Listen, I've got really I've got see. reviews to write later on. Let's just go to the machine and get this over with. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm busy. Let's uh, let's do that. It's next society. to the vendor that does coke and crisps. Yeah, <laughs> society will take care of the child. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a world out there. It's cool. Uh, it's cool that, that that's been suggested, and and there's plenty to explore. Um, it all looks great. Other, you know, salt lamps aside, it's clear they've spent a fair bit of money on it. You know, there's uh, the CG is is astoundingly good, astoundingly good. Like that that opening shot where you see Krypton from above with all the storms and stuff like that, and then it zooms in at Kandor. Great, just beautifully looking. TV show. Yeah, I think there's some impressive graphics in there. Uh, even when you get the skimmer sort of flying yeah. out of the city, going out of the shield and sort of through the ruins of the old city and then weaving its way towards the fortress. Quite nice uh, shots from that. I mean, I always get the feeling sometimes with pilots that they sort of blow a lot of their, their shots all at once. Uh, and then you might get a few episodes where they're, you know, very CG light. Yeah. Um, but, you know, first impressions count and, you know, I think they did well on this one. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, so a big element of this TV show is time travel. Well, it's, it's not that big an element so far, but it is in there. Personally, I don't think it's necessary. I feel like there was a studio note at some point to be like, "This isn't this isn't related to Superman enough," so put some more stuff in. And that's why you have Adam Strange, who I'll confess is a character I know sod all about. So <laughs> instead of me just reading you the Wikipedia article, I'll link it in the description. Yeah, in I the show have notes. got. I've got no idea. Like I said at the beginning, I've, I've not read a lot of the comics, so I, I don't know. When There's I see the surname Strange, I assume about someone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a completely a different was, universe. I think he was a dude that was teleported across the universe. I don't know that much more about him than that. Um, so, But in this, um, he is to serve as Segel's mentor in some way. He's there to tell him, you know, Marty, something's got to be done about your kids. <laughs> and so he shows up wearing his hoodie and wearing a, a baseball cap or is it a football team cap it's some kind of sporting cap anyway uh, and <laughs> Segel thinks that's his house crest which is hilarious <laughs> And um, but it's, it's lucky he can blend in because hoodies exist on Krypton it's amazing that both cultures come up with the same clothing item centuries apart well you need and, something to wear when you've got a hangover don't you <laughs> yeah so Adam Strange is there because he needs to stop the destruction of Krypton before it's supposed to be destroyed or something. And he encourages Seg to get on with it and tells him about his grandson, uh, who's the best superhero in the universe, and gives him a cape that's a lot like the um, the, the Rose in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah. When the last petal falls, or when the last thread falls, you're screwed. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, or it's it could or it could be seen like the picture in Back to the Future, slowly fading because the the cape is kind of slowly fading. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I I kind of like it as a thing though. It, it does give them sort of a sense of jeopardy or time, and you know, at some point we're going to get down to the sort of the final threads about to go away, and then suddenly, ta da, it's all back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or they'll they'll keep flipping on it. It's like, oh look, there's less of the cape than there was last week. Or now there's more of the cape than there was the week before. It's like yeah. How, how yeah. many shots are you going to see of the cape in focus and everyone arguing in the background as a slow bit of the cape disappears? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, Superman freely giving his cape, or what's happened to Superman? You know, why is he? Yeah, where did he nick his cape from? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird though because I think the time travel element is unnecessary because it doesn't outwardly add anything to the story that you couldn't get some other way. So his mother knew where the fortress was. Fine. Uh, she could have been hiding the key. Fine. You know, you don't need Adam Strange for that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. We were chatting about this the other day. It's, like you say, I think it is kind of a studio note going, we need some way to tie it into Superman so that people know that it's a Superman thing and it's not a standalone thing, despite the fact it'll pretty much be a standalone thing. You know, it's it's... It's a bit weird in that sense, and I do think, yeah, the mum and dad knew about the fortress, so he could have just stumbled across the key by accident, inquired more about it, and found the fortress. And, you know, what else is going on on the planet is still going on. I mean, I don't know, they might tie other bits into it later, but at the moment, yeah, it's unnecessary. Well, I think he'll, um, just like Superman does, he'll keep going to the fortress for guidance. And Adam Strange will be like the Jor-El figure who tells him stuff, Crypt- tells him cryptic stuff, you know. And then there'll be there'll be points where it'll be like, "What the hell does that mean? What are you on about?" He's like, "I can't tell you any more than that. You've got to figure it out for yourself." And then he'll go away, and then by the end of the episode, he'll be like, "This is exactly what Adam Strange was talking about." Yeah, you know, the, I, the, <laughs> weird cryptic lessons that would be solved so much, so much quicker if they just gave you a little bit more information. Yeah, I'm here to save your planet. Not completely save your planet. We need it destroyed later. But I'm here to save your planet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want I don't want it to make it too easy for you. Yeah, forget, forget I told you that. It's your planet's yeah. going to be totally fine. It's going to be here for years and years to come. You 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 plan your 120 year old baby. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, though, because you've got. I mean, if you remove Adam Strange and then you replace him with Valel, then you have a mentor figure that means something. You know, I mean, it's it's all well and good talking about Superman, talking about Kal-El, talking about everything that Superman becomes, which we already know because we know who Superman is, because we've lived on planet Earth for long enough. So even if you've never seen any Superman film or TV show or whatever, you'll have a vague idea of that, you know, he's a pretty big deal. He's the he's the guy that wears the pants outside his trousers and uh, wears a red cape and flies about and, and all that stuff. And everybody knows that. Pretty much everybody on Earth must know that by now. I mean, I'm I'm kind of exaggerating there. Obviously, not everyone on Earth, um, you know. There's countries that have no access to power, for instance. So, you know, uh, they won't know. Amazonian rainforest tribes, they might not really know that that information. Maybe, Maybe they do. Maybe, Maybe they, they do. do. Maybe they do. <laughs> Who are we to judge? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, uh, I've, as I said earlier on, the the Kryptonians are very fond of their holograms and such. So I imagine we will be getting some Valel life lessons yeah. uh, brought to you courtesy of the big holographic screen. Yeah, I think that would be fine. Although I think if you remove Adam Strange and replace it with that, then it's much more meaningful because it is a lesson from from someone that that Seg knows and and misses and is actively aware that he's lost. So that that would work, but. I like the setup that the L's are always on the wrong side of public opinion and are always right as well. Hmm. So look at Man of Steel or the Richard Donner Superman film. Jor-El's the only one saying, by the way, guys, the planet's about to blow up. Might want to do something about it. Just FYI, we'll all die. None of us will make it out alive. And they're all like, nah, it's fine. 
nothing. There's no problem here. Nah, we're we're fine. Yeah, I'll believe and, that when I see it, mate. <laughs> the, the planet blows up, and uh, so Valel was kind of disgraced because he was like, "Aliens are real. Look, aliens are real. They're coming. They're you know." Which in our society sounds crazy, but in that one, not so much because he's right. I'm just waiting for the scene of. Uh uh, aliens are definitely real. My granddad was totally right. Come and meet my friend Adam. Oh, he's gone. He was here a moment ago. He was <laughs> genuinely here. I mean, seriously, he was in this room just a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I should be putting money on some of these things. Yeah. Oh, there, Adam, where's, where have you gone? Who's Adam? <laughs> Seg just gets locked up for being crazy. And then yeah. Adam shows up. It's like, Adam, where were you earlier? I was going to, like, he's like, no, I can't, I can't reveal myself to the, the indigenous yeah. population. Though it, do, though it does seem that Adam isn't 100% in control of when he can be there and when he can't. Well, he sort of vanished, yeah. He, he vanished and said, I've run out of time, and then he was gone. So, Although I think that was only until Seg found the fortress. I think the connection is much clearer in the fortress. Mm. That, that's what I basically inferred from from what happened. Because he just shows up and he doesn't seem bothered. He was like, right, Seg, we've got some work to do. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, there's a looming threat coming that is, I guess, what Seg has to stop in the form of Brainiac, which is a really stupid name when they say it out loud and, and try to make it sound threatening. You know, the the whole uh, the collector of knowledge or the collector of worlds, that's ominous and cool and threatening. But then it's like, and his true name is Brainiac. Like, ooh. <laughs> I always like to read it as Brianiac. You know, Bri- a, like a Brian. <laughs> Just yeah. shorten it to Brian. That's, uh, I hope you present you, the destroyer of worlds, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a uh, Monty Python, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping that there'll be a scene where Seg goes up to the council and be like, by the way, our death is imminent, the Brainiac's coming, and they all just laugh at him because it's such a stupid name. Do you know, it is going to be one of those things where he's standing there going, seriously, the world is going to be destroyed. It's like, nope, nope. Believe it when the massive planet-eating ship arrives. Yeah, and then it's too late, or is it? And it it does look pretty epic, that ship. I've yeah. got I've got to say that looks scary as hell. Yeah, and Brainiac himself looks badass. Mm. Blake Ritson, whoever he is, is playing him. And I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. I've always liked that character and you know, you see different versions of him in other stuff. Uh James Marsters played him in Smallville. Uh he was he just looked like a guy though. So you know, he looked like James Marsters. Uh, we've had two versions of Brainiac-esque stuff in Supergirl. So we had um, Indigo in Season 1 uh, and Brainiac 5, who recently showed up in, in Season 3. So, who looks like an Andorian, actually, that one. But though this looks like a comic-accurate Brainiac with his ship that collects stuff. And, and that whole thing is, he travels through the universe, at least in the comics... Or some versions of the comics. He travels through the universe to collect knowledge. Uh, so he'll collect every scrap of knowledge a planet has. And then he'll destroy the planet so that there can be no more knowledge about that planet. I guess it's to stop him coming back later to you know to update his database. Yeah, well it's all, all really annoying having to refresh your feed all the time. And yeah, catch like, up on all your news. So It's like, ah damn it, the news keeps changing. It's annoying. 
Yeah. It's like, right, we'll just say that this is the end of this civilization. Destroy the planet, no more news. Yeah. It's a, it's a neat way of doing it, I suppose. <laughs> Makes sense to a certain point of view. Just, he can't be bothered coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no. No, let's not bother. <laughs> I'm not coming back later. It's fine. I'll just blow up the planet, move on. Collect more knowledge, blow up that planet, move on. Well, it's not clear why he's doing that. I mean, obviously, because you you don't even really see him in this episode other than, like, he opens his eye. But the, I guess there'll be a bit about his motivation that'll get chucked into a later episode. Um, I think in the comics, it's just never, it's an unending thirst for knowledge. You know, he just has to know everything. So it keeps going, it keeps going, and keeps going. So that's fair enough. Yeah, I think uh, there'll will definitely be a bit more about him in it. So it's it, I'm I'm looking forward to finding out more. To be honest, he, he looks like you say pretty badass. So yeah, and I suspect they'll do other nods to future Superman villains such as Doomsday. They'll do something there. Other stuff, you know. The, yeah, I'm I imagining guess... quite a few tie-ins for fans. I mean, the the, the thing is, I, I like you say, I know characters off of all the TV shows and bits, but. Not 100%, so a lot of references are going to fly completely over my head in this, I feel. But, um, yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing how, how they tie in. If they manage to tie everything in really smartly and don't crowbar bits in, then I think it'll be all right. However, if it tries to, to go through and basically tick off the reference book as many times as it can, then it's going to struggle a bit to get traction. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, one of the things I was most excited about is it had limited scope to reference stuff because it was so far behind, um, so far in front of what Superman, what the Superman that we know. So you can kind of reference some Kryptonian stuff that he's had to deal with over the years and, and that's about it. So, you know, Doomsday, he doesn't always come from Krypton, but in loads of versions of, of the lore now he does. So do that, do Brainiac. And that should be about it. But the time travel element sort of wrecks that because you can just have whoever, you know, you could have Lex Luthor turn up trying to kill Segel for an episode or, or whatever. And that'll be kind of annoying if they keep leaning on that time travel crutch. Yeah, I think you kind of want time travel simply to be the message delivery service, really, don't you? Going, listen, you're in danger. People are trying to change this and, you know, you need to stop it. And... You almost need that that communication line cut off at some point. Yeah. Like, that's it, you're on your own, we can't do this anymore. You know, the way that we're talking to you, we can't maintain it, we're yeah. gone. And then just let nature take it to force kind of thing. Um, I think, like you say, if, if they have something silly like Lex Luthor coming back or or constant tie-ins with other characters from the universe, then you're going to you're going to struggle because if it's trying to pitch itself as a sort of Krypton, Krypton Game of Thrones style thing, then you're not wanting another TV show dropping in every once in a while to, for a check-in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to see them develop what they've got on Krypton rather than constantly beat me over the head with references to stuff that I already know about or or whatever else. Just stick with your established premise. Time travel's part of it now, but we can't seem to get rid of that, or at least not right away. So it should be, 
yeah, what you should have is Adam Strange will offer some advice here and there, or, or just show up to remind him that he's on track or not on track. Um, he was a good source of motivation for Seg because the idea that you know he was a bit of a blowout, just losing everything in his well, he just lost everything in his life and so on. So yeah, um, there's a motivation for him to be better and to do better. I agree. And how good was it to hear the Superman theme in the Fortress? Yeah, now it was you that pointed this out to me. You went every time the Fortress thing, so I had to watch it back and go, "Oh yeah, there it is." It's uh, how could you miss it? It's like the most iconic music ever written, or I one know, of the most. I know, but I wasn't music. paying enough attention. I was, <laughs> you know, I'd like to do, I think I do, but um, yeah, I, I think it's great to try and see those subtle tie-ins. I like. It's it's when they, they go OTT with other stuff that you go, mm, and they've not done it yet. Yeah. They've not done it yet, but they've got the potential to do it down the line. So yeah. Bear in mind, it is only episode one. Yes, this is the thing. <laughs> it's, only, it's only episode one. They've done a nice, subtle tie-in. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fine. And I, I like doing things like the little musical motifs uh, work. Yeah. Be quite funny if they, they went the cheesy route. So you, what you have is like everybody calling Segel the Man of Tomorrow, and or, or like <laughs> or his family theme song is the Superman theme and all that stuff. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It would work, but it'd be hilarious. Uh, it depends if that was the cheesy tone. You know, Smallville used to do it all the time. Uh, in the early seasons, he was he would go into his barn. In fact, he did it in every season. He would go into his barn because that was where he liked to be alone and consider his. Uh, and consider pining over the Lana and that show, which was really annoying. But he would go into his barn. Long story short, uh, in the first episode, his dad, uh, or he tells someone that his dad calls it his fortress of solitude. And there's always there's always stuff like that. The best one was when Aquaman showed up, and um, <laughs> and and suggests that they should form some kind of junior lifeguard association. <laughs> and, and Clark says, "I don't think I'm ready for the JLA just yet." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's it, it's almost like we need to get a reference to the Justice League in here." <laughs> How do we do it? And it's like, I don't know, lifeguard, junior lifeguard associate. It's like whoever had to write that crap must have just hated themselves. It's but, either that, or on the day they finally worked out an acronym that worked, <laughs> uh, high fived everyone in the room. <laughs> It's like the Firestorm acronym in The Flash. It needs to be an acronym, but it's, it really sucks. Um, I can't remember what the wording of it is, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, yeah, so the stuff like that. So they haven't got the cheesy referencing route, which uh, Smallville used to do quite unapologetically. It always made me laugh. Or, or cry. But <laughs> uh, I would cringe occasionally. You know, that's fine. But, well, it remains to be seen what kind of referencing we'll do in this show. Uh, further to that, I mean, I wonder if the Superman theme is just for that episode, or maybe every time it goes to the fortress, it's like the doorbell. You know, like a Lego Batman. It's actually the the doorbell for the Fortress of Solitude and Lego Batman. That's it. So another episode this week. Um, and there are ten, I believe. So hopefully we can come back when the show is finished and talk about how good it was or how bad it hopefully, was. Hopefully, if our planet is uh, still here. If it's still here, if Brainiac hasn't absorbed all the knowledge. I, I think he'll hold off, though, because he'll want to hear our end-of-season podcast. He, so he will do. He'll be like, do you know what? I was going to destroy the planet, but I need this one last bit of knowledge before I go. 
He certainly won't invade until after Infinity War comes out. Oh, he better he not. Want, he wants to see it too. <laughs> I suppose he could just steal the print. I've ruined my own analogy there, but never mind. Yeah, so after episode 10, hopefully we can come back, have a quick chat about um, the remaining nine episodes. See how it went, see what it did well, see what it did poorly, see if anything was went off the rails. You know, the, the usual stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, any wrap-up thoughts about the uh, first episode? No, it, it looks promising, and my tagline of many a podcast is, uh, I look forward to seeing what happens and how it develops. <laughs> I can't uh, wait to see more. <laughs> I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, but, yeah, genuinely interesting first episode. Um I, I hopefully we'll have time. I think it's going to be one of these programs that I end up binging later rather than watching every week. Um, but yeah, I'll see, I'll see how it goes. It, it does feel like a episode by episode might be slightly frustrating. Mm. It almost feels like it's one of those shows where not a lot will happen in an individual episode. Yeah, I think it'll be like groups of episodes. You'll get a, a big yeah. development, and but individual episodes might be sort of moving at a glacial pace. Yeah, as long as it's not as slow and ponderous as Walking Dead. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Even, yeah, I've I've not yeah. caught up on that at all. Really, I think I've watched a couple of episodes of the recent season, but yeah, yeah that that is uh, taking uh, wandering to a a whole new level. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I like it. I think it's got a promising start. Uh, characters are good. The setup is good. Time travel, I could do without, but it's there. So at least it's not heavily detracting from the overall plot. It is still very much down to what happens at that point, which is cool. Uh, I'm going to take a wander around Ikea later to look for more alien technology <laughs> as decorative items. Uh, salt lamps and I don't know, what else is there? As you said, lava lamps, although I think they're too retro. Maybe maybe in Thor Ragnarok they'd use them. Yeah, Ragnarok would have, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the bar they would have a lava lamp. Yeah, I don't know what, what else. What, you, what, what you need is some fluffy dice for your, your uh, skimmer. Yes, although it would be like Kryptonian dice, which are probably like a million sides or something like that. Yes. Or like fourth dimensional dices. Die. Die, not dices. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to keep watching. I may not watch it every week, once a week, who knows. Although if I don't do that, I might end up like forgetting about it. Uh, and then it's the day before we're supposed to record the episode, the podcast, <laughs> and I've got nine episodes to watch. And I didn't watch the first one again because I've forgotten. <laughs> I've got. I'm, I'm not in the the show at all. Um, I might be binge it at half season then half season. I don't know. I'll decide as I go. We'll see how it goes. But it's not like with Legion, where which starts soon, where we're going to be returning to it every three episodes. So we need to keep up to date with it. So I'm not writing about this because I don't hate myself that much to give myself more work than I already have. Um. I was hoping this would be a summer start, so I would have something to write about over the summer, but it is when it is. Hmm. Uh, so, two podcasts. Or maybe if there's something burning that we need to talk about with it, we'll return it mid-season, but if not, it'll be end-season. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you for joining from one of the 26 known galaxies. Or is it 28 known galaxies? I think it's 28. One of the known galaxies. Thanks for joining from it. You're welcome. 
That was our discussion on the new Superman prequel Krypton. Thanks to YouTuber 331ERock for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, as always, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And we'll catch you on the next Nail Before Pod. <laughs>